Welcome to Construction Host. My name is Hudad, and I'll be speaking with influencers in the construction industry. We'll learn more about who they are, what they do, and what's their passion at work and outside work. Remember, if you like this episode, please share it with your friends and subscribe to the channel. Welcome, Mr. Adam Hockey. How are you today, man? Going well, mate. First thing I'd, I'd, I ask kind of everyone is just um, get an understanding of uh, um, your early life. Where were you born? How was your childhood, school, and how did you start actually working? Yeah, that's fun. Look, I, uh, I was born in Auburn Hospital in, in Sydney and, and grew up out in the, the western suburbs of Sydney, in a suburb called St. Mary's, and went to Went to primary school there out in the west and then moved to a suburb, a neighboring suburb called St. Clair, um, where I went to high school I, and, and had my wild, wild years there, which certainly were pretty wild years. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> out in the western suburb, living out in the west. And then um, when I finished high school, I, I left high school. Actually, I didn't do year 11, so I left high school at year 10. I went straight into an apprenticeship, um, being a painter and decorator. Right, and and I um started serving my apprenticeship there. But as when you're 16 years old, you don't take things too seriously. Uh, work well. Mm. Uh, and my dad actually worked for Dulux for I think it was 29 years. Uh, wow! So he's doing what? Similar role? No, he was in the in the stores. So he he used to work. It's funny we got a long history in hardware. My pop. My grandfather was the manager in Knock and Kirby's, which was the used to be the hardware store that was going before we'd have our Bunnings and BBCs. I think my dad worked in the paint department for him as a young guy, and then went to paint and paper, um, which was yes, which was pre bought by Julex. Yeah, after. yeah, and then he, he used to uh, do the delivery truck um, from Penrith uh, up the Blue Mountains. He used to deliver the paint. Um, and it was we owned paint and paper owned the truck and. You know, I used to get mm-hmm. excited when he'd come home in his his Mitsubishi Canter and his new truck. And so on school holidays, I'd be up sitting in the truck with him delivering paint. It was that was our day wow. together doing doing that. And then um, and then I remember Lin Fox bought out, so he had an option that he could have gone to Coca Cola and drove, or stay with Dulux. And he stayed with Dulux because he had the long service there. But yeah, Dad. Um, got me the job. He, he spoke to the, the painters through the trade center he worked at and said, oh, my son wants an apprenticeship and got me in. Uh, unfortunately, that only lasted about two years, the, the apprenticeship. Um, mm-hmm. I was being a bit wild and, and playing up and ended up getting the sack pretty much from, from that job. <laughs> uh, and it was because of, yeah, it was playing up in TAFE as well. And then um, Dad uh, said, enough of that. So he so he got me straight in uh, painting the trade center. So I was painting the the trade center. Um, what's it called? The stippled ceilings, the paneled ceilings in in flat enamel in, in the Blacktown Trade Center, the old sites, and and then all right. So I started off painting the trade centers, and then was it just like a love job, or you? No, I was getting for paid it? for it. Yeah, so it was good. So I was okay. getting paid. They put me on like as a part time 
employee and I just came okay. for a few hours and and then from that then I ended up getting a, a part-time role as, as working in the shop so working in the trade center so I was doing was it with your dad as well yeah I was in the same shop yeah, yeah it was um Bob I think Bob McCormack was the manager who's still I think he's still around at Gladesville and, and there was a couple of others there um but yeah look and that's where I started in that trade center I worked and I ended up working there for another five years mm, okay so you had some some sort of a gene in your family dealing with the pain. Yeah, is that, is that is that how you kind of decided, or it just did you actually like to do it when you were a kid? Or yeah, no, it, I had no, yeah, I, I didn't plan to ever be involved in paint at all, and had, had no inclination of wanting. Oh, look, I've always played music, and, and my dad's played music too. So right. usually, when, when I was growing up, it was about you know I'm going to be. Playing, playing in a band when I get older, traveling the world, being a rock star. So, you know, what it, it worked. Oh, really? Work was just a means to get some money. <laughs> so, so, but it's funny, yeah, look, at, and I hadn't really reflected on it, having my, my grandfather or my pop, uh, you know, knocking Kirby's right through to the hardware stores through to Julux, and, and now myself um, hitting 29 years with Julux as well, so. But um, yeah, look, it was more a means to an end. It was just uh, tell tell me about your music uh, now that you mentioned that. Do you play? Yeah, I, I play drums, and I've been playing since I'm about twelve years old. Um, you like pro, I guess. Uh, no, you play in a uh, band or something? Yeah, or? playing playing a few bands. I've played in a lot of bands over the years and done lots of exciting things. It's a great journey. Like that's the thing that I learned more about, and it's it transitions into other things in your life. It's it's not about making it or, or or where you end up with something like music it's, it's the journey along the way and you look back over the memories yeah. and the things you did and the, the funny stories and sometimes there were things that were really bad at the time but you look back now and it's really really funny you know like some of the the parts and the but yeah and i've always played drums that's my therapy and, and yeah look I, I believe it's one of those instruments you could play but it's not the, one of the digital the ones that they actually make the Sound so your neighbors yeah. hopefully yeah yeah your neighbors are okay with it or you have like a sealed room or something <laughs> now we've got i've got a now i've got a an electric kit so i can plug it into pa speakers yeah. and adjust the volume but okay luckily enough my um my wife started playing a few years ago as well and she's playing guitar and singing so so our lounge room now is just a They've got a drum kit and amps and you like a band like your family your wife <laughs> well, plays a guitar and sing and you, you play drum it's funnily wow. enough that yeah i don't play in her band she's got her own band so so my band comes over <laughs> <and play. laughs> do you so you don't practice together no not like, really yeah look she plays a lot of acoustic stuff i'm i'm, I'm pretty much a rock different style. I'm a rock drummer yeah so yeah what, what sort of what sort of music like the older kind of rock or 90, new rock 90s or? sort of rock so you know yeah if you think of your pearl jams or your alice in chains nirvana sort of styles that, that's that's sort of what i do do you play other other instruments or just I play a little bit of guitar and bass it's, dad originally when i was he tried to teach because he's a guitarist and tried to teach me guitar and um i had lessons and as usual whatever your parents tell you to do you go and find the exact opposite yeah. So the exact opposite of guitar for me was, yeah, I want to play drums, Dad. But look, he he, mm. he got me the lessons and got got me the drum kit, and and it's been a great look. It's absolutely the most amazing therapy you can have sitting there and just playing your music. It's, it's a very very important thing. Yeah, that, that's so true. I mean, I used to um, make music. I don't play an instrument, but I used to just digitally 
make music. I had my own band, and sometimes I sit on the computer for like hours and didn't realize because I enjoyed it so much. And I assume it's a similar thing with you. You sometimes play and you don't realize you've been playing for hours, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's a it puts you in a moment where you're not thinking about anything other than that exact mm. thing. So that's the that's probably why it's I like say a it's, trance. Yeah, and it, like a trance is. mode or something. Yeah. And, uh, look, I'm always amazed. Play, you know, play songs, and and song might have six or seven different changes through the song. And if I sit there before the song and try and tell you all the changes, there's no way I could tell you where they are. But when you're playing it, you just sort of feel where you're going. So it's a, it's quite a Amazing. Mm. Yeah. Do you have uh, any of your whatever musical band music somewhere people to listen? Yeah, uh, the album, the band I'm with now is got a band called Hence the Testbed, and, and we're on Spotify, so that you can look up. Oh yeah, we'll be there. Yeah. What is it called again? Sorry, Hence. Hence? Yeah, the Testbed. Okay, I gotta check that out. It's funny that when the bass player. You know, you're thinking of band names, and you got to be unique. And he said, "I've got this name, hence the test bed." And and and, the, and I said, <laughs> who picked that up? Was that your mate? Yeah, it was the bass player. And I said, "What? What?" And then he said, "If you Google it, there's nothing else that's going to say that name." That was that was the unique <laughs> marketing angle. So it was a marketing angle because you know, if you call your band, uh, you know, the Sword or whatever it is, you're going to have five thousand names um, come up that way. So. Wow! No, I found. Um, I found. So you it. shouldn't find I anything else. Got hence the test bed. <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely. It's. Uh, I gotta listen to it. And geez, that's your guitar player. He got like an interesting beard. <laughs> Is that what's what's his name? Is Sam? Yeah, he's, he's actually my brother-in-law. Oh, is it? Yeah, so it's good. Wow. <laughs> it's kind of a family yeah, band, too, I guess. Yeah, it is, actually, because the bass player's sort of related in a intertangled sort of way, too. So it is, we all attend the same family gatherings. So Where do you play normally? Is that a special bar? Yeah, the pubs. Go there's, anywhere. there's certain pubs that will support. It's original music, so we write our own and, and play it. So the, there's certain pubs and, and venues across world canberra and australia that will support original music and so there's always so you've been playing everywhere or there's like a special pub that you typically go yeah there's a in canberra there that's the part there was back when i was doing it when i was in my late teens there was oh there was so many you know in one town there could be sydney probably had 15 20 venues which you could rotate through um right so you'd be playing wednesday nights right through to Sunday nights, just doing it that way. What happened over the time in, in the music industry is, is, is pokies got introduced in, in a lot of those areas, <laughs> reduced live entertainment. Uh, pokies, you know, if you walk into a club now or a pub and just go, you're not going to see live entertainment. You're going to see a massive big space of po poker machines and mm. that, that the, the live music scene. So in turn, that sort of, that reduced a lot of the, that affected the the pubs that were having bands and they, they changed that way. So Canberra's probably down to, I'd probably say one, one venue now where there's live music. Uh, well, sorry, no, I shouldn't say that. There's probably three, two to three um, that, mm. that support original live music. Okay. Going back to the Jewelers, you've been in the company for 29 years. So after that uh, experience at the store, did you start working in the cells and then? 
How did you end up in the current role that you are now in uh, detective coding? Yes, yeah, so I was when I was working in the stores. I started off part time, and and then we had the Auburn store, so we had protective coatings, and we had refinish. Then so Dulux had um, a complete automotive range, which we we do again now, but we we did sell it at some point there to to PPG the the, the range we had. But I became the the refinish person. So I was doing all the automotive stuff and. And doing eye matching, I really enjoyed doing the eye matching um, and mm. getting involved. And it was just a much more in, in specialized field. So, so I mm-hmm. sort of got involved in that and was able to manage, you know, the accounts as I'd, I'd ring them up and, and have a relationship with them and supply their paint. And it was good. I had my own little back spot in the shop and, and you know, I was, I was in my twenties and um, living in, I'd moved out of the Western suburbs of Sydney. I was living in inner city and living the life and, and having a great time. We had, um, so as I mentioned before, we had Bob McCormack, had Frank Carl um, worked in that mm. shop with me as well. So, so back a long yeah. time. <laughs> so there's, um, I was trying to think if there was anyone else that's still with us. But yeah, look at the, um, and then, yes, yeah, so I worked in there for five years. And then it's funny because I had, when I was working in there, I had um, dreadlocks. I had, I'm bald, mm. I'm totally bald now. But back in those days, I had long hair and had dreadlocks. And so I was working in there. And then there's a point there in three or four years in that I, I cut all my dreadlocks off and just had a normal looking haircut for a while. And then about, it was only three months or later that a, a job came up in the retail division for a sales rep. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I look, I was I, like, I had no experience in repping or anything like that. So, but I, I applied and, and went and did the interview and it was one of those just lucky moments where i was so green i had no idea about um being a sales rep i was, I was still on my p's driving so mm-hmm. i didn't even have my full license to drive a company vehicle but somehow right. i got through the interviews and they just they said he's very very green but we'll give him a chance um at the interview so so i was really just one of those very i was very lucky moments where they were very nice to me um do you, do you remember who was the manager interviewed you? We had two managers. It was a guy called Dave Chittenden and, okay. and Steve Fitchett. Now, Steve Fitchett owns Inspirations at Campbelltown now. Right. But it was him. And, and there was another um, guy involved called Mel Roder, um, who's retired. Now, Mel started the training academy with Drulux. He was the first person who, who developed all that. But, um, but yeah, so that they did that and looked. Then I gave you a chance. Yeah. And, mm. and then I had. What did I have in retail? I think I did 14 years in retail in total and had very, very, very good times. I had Pat Hulhan was, um, I was working directly with Pat Hulhan. He was the account manager, national account manager for BBC um, in my role. So I worked directly with him. Right. Um, he actually helped me when I was doing my first Spotty nomination. Uh, when I was on Spotty back then, he, he was actually the one who helped me learn how to put a Spotty nomination together so <laughs> thank wow. you very much for that pat it was, it was great so and um and look I, and over that time i worked in sydney for i think it was five years another five years and then i was in my first marriage we my wife had a, a job opportunity to go to canberra so i was mm-hmm. living in sydney at the time and at that time things weren't great in in our relationship so we so and there was and Again, as, as fate would have it, there was a job popped up in Canberra for a retail rep. So, so I applied for that, and, and the idea was we'd go to Canberra, have a fresh start, and and um, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and 
new place and, and go and look and, mm-hmm. and pretty much moved down to Canberra in that. So you didn't have anyone down there, did you? No one at all. Absolutely okay. no one. So yeah, totally. It was just a total reset and, and get away. And then, yeah, and it, it only look it only was about six months down there that the marriage was going badly. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, didn't work. It wasn't, okay. wasn't working, and that and the move didn't repair it. So she moved back to Sydney, but I ended up just staying in Canberra and just built a totally again another a total reset. So moved moved in with um who's my brother in law now, but I was, I was sharing a house with him, and we we're playing music all the time and. I was still working for Julex doing the retail repping, but yeah, it was just like, uh, it was really good times. It was actually <laughs> really funny. Yeah. And then, um, and then, yeah, so continued on in Canberra as a rep and, and, and had Jevin Dickinson, who it was, he was my manager in retail, um, Scott Wishart, um, and Pat Jones. So I've worked with all those guys <laughs> through that retail, that period. So, so we a lot of the guys that are still, um, in Julex, we had, we had some really, really good times in retail. Like it was a, it was just a a great um, energy in in, mm. in that group. Like we were all really good friends, and we had a really good time together when we did it. So, so yeah. Look, I, just, I look back at that as as really fun, um, good times, and and then uh, eventually. So you know, fourteen years is still a fair bit of time. And then eventually, I had a phone call from Vijesh, uh, who just said, yeah. "Oh, look, we're looking at ha- having a protective coatings representative." In Canberra, and mm-hmm. and and I'd known Vijesh because Vijesh was when I was back in my trade center days when I first started. Vijesh was managing PC back then because Vijesh did thirty years with protective coatings, so so across yeah. that time. And then he and so I look, I went for the the interview and um, and was lucky enough to get that job. And then I had to you know then I was moving on to a a, a new frontier, a, a change in my career path and, and what I was doing. And I didn't realize until I started protective coatings there's i can't remember what the saying is but you don't know what you don't know until you start to know a bit more and and then when i got into protective coatings i realized what i didn't did not know about the technical side of of coatings and the chemistry and the you know what protective coatings is you know and i and it sort of gives me a good understanding of when i deal in the construction industry now when if if you don't really understand about the corrosion you can ask questions and say it's just paint you know what you're just going to put paint on it. Yeah. Um, what you're learning when you're going to protect code, there's a lot more to it. So it's a, a science, mm. which is really, and and that's absolutely absorbed me in my role. Now, I absolutely love the technical uh, side of coding. So really, really, I, I would classify myself as a paint nerd, I think now, because I am. Um, <laughs> paint nerd, yeah, because of that. I Definitely. It, but when was that? Do you remember when was it that you um, started? This new role in protective coating. Two thousand and thirteen, I think. Two thousand and fourteen. Okay. Around there. Well, but still a while back. Yeah. So um then you obviously started learning a little bit more and um uh it, did your role change actually now? So you look after now. So t- tell me more about your role now. Yeah, what, so what... look so I was in um I was rep I was we hadn't didn't have a representative in Canberra for protective coatings, uh, and we didn't have a customer base. So it was a totally mm-hmm. developing a, a new role. So my for the first few months of that job, I was starting off just reading and learning about what I was talking about, but also uh, analysing uh, 
the area and seeing if there, what opportunities are around. So I pretty much just went through the yellow pages and just got every single fabricator that I could find and put them on an Excel spreadsheet and just the whole route. So Canberra, Wagga, South Coast, and just went through and just called them, visited them, got abused a fair few times. It was, <laughs> I, I feel for really? anyone that has to do cold calling as a, as a job on the phone. There's, it, it is hard. It's tough. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially after Any funny stories you remember from those days though? The, the only one that Cole called him there, there was one guy in Goulburn and uh, it was as I had to refresh her, he just said, Mate, whatever you do, don't call this number. He used a bit more words, colourful words than that. He said, do not ever call this number again. I was like, Oh my god, <laughs> who have I called? It sounded like I'd called like the the gang boss uh, of the bikies in Goulburn or something like that. <laughs> So I was, um, so look, I just went, you just got to pick yourself and go, all right. And in my mind, I was going, I want to ask him why. I was going, why don't, can I ever call this number again? But I, I never did. And I'll, I'll never know. I'll never know why. But, um, but look, yeah, so developed, look, we went through the, the region and, and looked at the potential of the business and, and it was a really good learning exercise for me. Uh, you, you know, just understanding way to really saturate an area and understand your, your, your potential. And look, we got to a point. After a few years, we went, the potential's not there to even hold a representative mm. in that role. So that was a bit of a shaky time for me because I've decided I love protective coatings. That's, that's the role, that my dream role, and I love it. But we were getting to a point by me living in Canberra, I couldn't, mm -hmm. I couldn't do the job anymore. Um, so mm -hmm. we did actually get to a point where I had to apply for a, a, I applied for a role with Yates because um, mm -hmm. we were going to get rid of the Canberra Territory because it just didn't, didn't work. And um, the Yates guys were really, really, really good to me and, and flew up and we had a great conversation. And I think half what, actually, it was just before I walked into that interview, I had Vijesh had called me and just said, oh, we've worked out a way to keep you. Um, and I said, wow. So I've gone into this interview with these really good people from Yates who were really kind to me, but knowing in the back of my mind from that phone call, I, I knew what I was doing. I, I didn't want to leave protective coding. So, and the, the way that they worked out to keep me was to give me Wollongong. So... Mm. We did Wollongong for a few years, uh, and, and and great. That was the next best learning because Wollongong is 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 corrosive. So that's when you're getting right into your heavy duty industrial sort of protective coating. So you're dealing with blue scope and you're doing Port Kembla coal, and you, you're dealing with a heavy industrial environment. And really, really good times, and still got really, really great relationships with the people in Wollongong. It's like I sort of feel like it's my second home. I actually love. I feel at home in Wollongong as, as much and love it there. And then we got to another point after that where the territory still wasn't holding enough value to warrant being mm -hmm. territory. And, and Danny Palaznan at the time, who was the business development manager, um, had to leave Dulux to go and um, work with his family business. And then um, I got a phone call again, and the, the decision was made that you know, I'd, I'd take on the, the business development role from Canberra. Nice. And so I'd still manage a territory and the Wollongong and everything, but I'd also do the business development role. And so that was a great way again. So it was still, again, thrown into a job where I had to learn really quickly a different skill set. And the business development manager is, is a role where you've got to provide technical advice for construction and, and, and the architects and the builders and the engineers and keep all that going. But in a, from a commercial perspective, you've got to be able to provide information on what's going on in the market for your sales team. So the jokes, Often with a business development manager, you'll get someone that drives past any job site anywhere, and 
they ring up the business firm and go, what's going on with this job? And usually you've got to yes. try and answer. <laughs> and, um, and look, what I've learned from, from this, and look, later, the, as the roles developed, I, I no longer have customers. I don't look after customers anymore because it's developed into a role now where it's just huge. And, and the way business development managers work, what I believe is, is the relationships. It, you cannot walk into a role in your first year and, and get everything you need from it. It takes, takes about five years to develop trust and relationships within people. That, uh, and then once you've got them, then you call on them and you can use them. So. Absolutely. Very interesting story, how it's all changed. And obviously you did a good job. You, you get offered to do more every few years <laughs> or so. So now, now you look after Canberra, Wollongong, and Sydney as well, correct? <laughs> no, I don't look after Canberra or I don't have any territory anymore. So we've got a representative okay. um, now that based in Sydney that looks after Canberra and Wollongong. And my only role now is, is the, the business development. And, and that's... Um, okay. There's no way I could manage yeah, the territories now. Looking after... The way Sydney is, you know, with the Sydney construction market. Yeah. How, it's massive yeah. uh, already on its own. It's... Uh, even one person is not enough, definitely. No, yeah. Uh, I mean, you've you've been doing this role for twenty nine years. You obviously love the protective coding and technical side of it. What what makes you kind of passionate about what you do? Look, I I think every day, like, there's always a surprise every day, <laughs> and and, the, and yeah, and sometimes you can complain about that. But geez, like you know, what sort of job can you be in where you're just getting different? Um, situations thrown at you and, and, and solving them. Uh, like, it's not like you're never stuck in a, a robotic routine. Yeah, routine. Yeah, like mm. a straight routine where you're just doing the same thing. Uh, the potential to keep learning, there's so many different parts to, to learn. And, and, and also, the part that I've really been enjoying lately, and it's, it's probably a, quite a funny story, the part is, is, is the educational side where I'm able to present and, and talk to, to groups about. And um, what I've learned in protective coatings and, 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 and pass that information on to industry. And I remember when I, when I first got up to speak, I think I was in retail. I used to, I used, when I used to get up and stand up in a group and, and have to present, I used to get that nervous. I'd, I'd hyperventilate. So I'd, I just couldn't yeah. breathe. So like, so you can imagine you're standing up there and your, your breath disappears and it's a your voice sounds very weird and it used to be it as it is for a lot of people it was a, it was a trauma um to get up and mm. and speak and what's actually happened over time but look the, the story what happened was i remember i was in retail and my manager steve robertson at the time and he said i told him that i didn't like getting up speaking in front of people and there was a big mistake oh <laughs> it was like, actually now it's not a big mistake it's a great thing that happened but so we went oh okay all right well i'm getting you up to speak in front of everyone on friday now that i know that so, <laughs> and um but and it's funny i was i was listening to the abc radio and was, they, were, they were talking about public speaking and how people do get mm. anxiety from it and they were talking about that you, some people take small doses of valium to right. just relax themselves to do it so so i said you know what I'm going to do that. I'm going to go to the doctors. I'm going to get a small dose of Valium. And I'm going to get up on Friday. I'm not going to hyperventilate and embarrass myself. That, that makes sense. And um, so I went to the doctors and the doctor said, no, nah, not giving you Valium. Go away. <laughs> they, they said, you've got to see a psychologist if you're going to get Valium. But thankfully, well, the doctor said, looked up on Google and said, oh, there's this other thing I've seen that called beta blockers that people use to slow their heart rate down that I've seen mm. people use for public speaking. Um, Right. Helps you. So, so I said, "Yep, give me the beta blockers," and 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 
did the beta blockers and, and you could feel they slow your heart rate down. So you, you can feel your anxiety coming up, but your heart rate mm. stays really slow still. So it's a really odd. So you can feel the, the, how it all happens, but you're not going to hyperventilate. Get affected yeah, by it. So, so look, and it was still, it's still got to master the art of, you know, when you're pre- getting up and talking, you know, you, you want to start in a relaxed way and that carries on how you go. Mm. So getting your starts right and things like that. But over time, and, and especially in protective coatings now, where, you know, we get up and, and do the talks. Because you know, you know your stuff now, I guess, yeah, it makes it easier, isn't it? And, and I gradually remember the first one I did for Engineers Australia, I took my beta blockers because I was nervous. There was, you know, a thousand people or whatever in, in a room. It gradually, as I went on, I used to have my beta blockers in the bag. And then now, I, I, I don't even have You don't them. need them anymore. Them, but, yeah, sort of a, but it was, yeah, certainly when I speak to people about public speaking and they say, oh, no, I could never do it. I'm saying, look, I've got a story here yeah. for you. That I, I used to That's hyperventilate awesome. and you can get there. So. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And for those people that they don't know, yeah, obviously Adam is involved in various um, sessions with Engineering Australia. Um, around corrosion and various topics i think some of them we have even uh, cpd uh, accredited great effort in terms of your career and and maybe your life did you have any particular person inf- that influenced that a lot and you still remember that now look at it's look certainly my dad with the, you know the music's still there my dad's still playing music so we've always got that and that's always been I don't ever think I've ever seen him get cranky ever. Mm. I've, look, I I've broken that because I get cranky every day. But but um but yeah, look, just having that thing that you've got that's you got your work, you have got your life, and you've got that thing that the music that's just your thing that you know you can. I think it's a great thing for everyone to have something like that, and that that's something as an influence for me. Look, I think anyone who plays music would say the same thing. It's, it, once you've got mm. that, and even those moments of you know, if you're up on stage and you look around and you've got your band members with you, you know, and you just go, we're doing this. It's a, it's a great reward. Um, from a professional sense of work, look, the, every step, step of the way, the people that I've worked with have, have moulded and changed the way I work. And and, and that's mm. the benefit we've got, with, you know, the, the, a big corporate business. And especially, you know, I've been with Julux for 29 years, so I'm obviously going to be biased, but the people I see leave, I've never seen anyone leave and say, oh, I'm so much happier <laughs> leaving. Mm. They usually leave and then go on to other, you know, jobs every two years. And so, look, I... Grass I, is always greener, yeah, isn't look, it? So every day. time I've monitored that, I went, look, I, I have got no evidence of anyone leaving that's saying... They've usually left and said, oh, I've got this great thing, this is happening. And then a year later, they're not working there anymore, you know? So, so look, without naming all the names, but, you know, the, the people that I've worked with... If, each one has certainly taught me so much um, different ways okay. of doing the, the time, My time in retail was really important to understand the commercial side of the business. And the time of protective coatings has really been the time to teach me about the technical side, of, which is really, really, which is another world again, which is really great. Great. You dro- drop a lot of names that, of people that they still work in, yeah. you know, yeah. to Pat, Pat himself. Obviously, you had very good. Uh, chance to work with all of these great people now, in terms of someone that wants to kind of join his new in, in in a business build a successful career in dulux what would you say like what that person needs to do or skills or mindset needs to have to be successful 
look, I like this one because yeah, look, these are the the conversations we we do have time to time. What we're doing now, but one of the things that I got taught early on when I first started repping in retail is you don't approach a situation with a problem unless you've already got a solution. Matt, mm. Matt. and and that's not to say that's how you should. But look, if you can approach everything you do, and 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 then when you present that to your manager or or to whoever to ask for help, you've you've got a solution that you say, I think we probably should do this, but I just want to get the bounce off you. That sort of philosophy that that just keeps you open to learning, and also for mm-hmm. the person that you're putting that um, situation onto, you're actually showing that you've you've given it some thought and you're not just passing it, passing around. So it's probably, you know, taking ownership of your role and what you do. And look, there, if there's probably, you know, I've talked about the public speaking thing and there's no way on earth at that point I always said, I'm never doing a job where I public speak. I, I, there would have been a time in my life I said, I'm never doing, I'm doing a job now where I, I do public speaking. So, so look at the, you know, keeping, understanding the areas that you, you could work on and, and, and having some. And be open, yeah, I guess. Yeah, just be open to learning, isn't it really? So. And ju- and sometimes give it a crack. Yeah, just yeah. do it. <laughs> that's uh, that's what I've uh, got out of your very interesting stories. What's uh, for you next? Like, where do you like to go? What do you like to do? Are you happy with what you're doing? Is there any goal that you haven't achieved in your career that you would like to do in the future? Yeah, look, it's a good question, and and part of that question, uh, well, the answer to that question is guided by where I live as well. Uh, living in, mm-hmm. in Canberra is is not in the base of our where our offices are. So, so to take any more senior roles or, or work to taking on different roles is it, it's always going to have that component of, of living in the yes, yeah. There's no plans, and certainly not even a, a thought really of moving from Canberra. Where really happy. With, you love Canberra uh, now. I'm, are you? I'm Canberra's <laughs> number one advocate. So, if anyone ever needs to hear about Canberra, I'm willing to tell you how good it is. And, and, Oh, <laughs> certainly. I, I love Canberra, honestly. And um, I, I, I even thought about moving there before before the prices went up so high. But and you had a massive growth there. And it's going to keep growing. And I love it. Beautiful um, streets. The, the food is always good there. For whatever reason, wherever I go, food is good. And it's safe. And you got those beautiful trees in the, in the main roads, which I love. Especially, I don't know if it's now become uh, orange. It's it's amazing, beautiful. Yeah, spring and autumn certainly, mate. Absolutely, is the is the time. Because look, is the time to be. We have to be honest. Like at Canberra in winter is six degrees with a wind chill factor bringing it down to minus two. So you know it's cold. <laughs> uh, yeah, you just you can you can just prepare for that and wear warm enough clothes. Or you, you, most of the houses have got heated that way. So look, you do get a cold, but you enjoy the seasons. Is is the part that. Um, that's it. So what I get from your answer is, for now, you're happy with what you're doing, unless you know something happens around Canberra that you could, or you could do it from Canberra. Look, the funny, there's there's two parts. The, the funny part, I, I remember even being in retail, and I always would say, when we, you know, we every year we do a development, say so what's your plan, and I'd always just go, I'm just going to put myself in a position where I I could get uh, promoted to a different role. So mm. so I'll keep learning and put myself in that position, and that that's probably. And that way, I'm still developing um, to get myself to a point. If I, if you know, if there was a role that was that was worked for me, I, I could easily do that. I wasn't sitting on my hands saying I couldn't do it. And the the other part that's changed is is this COVID thing, with with video meeting, 
uh, yeah. that's changed the game uh, because there was, you know, I, I hadn't done a video meeting until COVID, but now I'm probably doing three or four meetings a day. Um, so, and yeah. I'm, so I'm dealing with architects on major projects and I just got off one now just you know, sit there. They show me the, the video, the photos of it. And so I think there is scope to, to look at, um, Remote office is, is you know, mm. that's well, that well, you kind of answered my question because I wanted to ask how did this COVID kind of affect which you kind of answered it partially, and I, I agree with that. It's going to change the way we work forever, I think. Well, what other things you learned? Was there any positive side to it for you? Look, I'm I've been busier than I was previous to that. The reason for that is because the clients that I deal with aren't working in offices either, so they're working from home. So their sort of requ- their time frames are shortened on, on what they're requesting. And, and there is more time to, it's probably more vol- sitting down time in front of a computer because you're not, you know, transiting from offices or having a lunches or whatever. So there's just a higher volume of inquiry and, and, and workload. So that side of it certainly changed. And look, it's been busy, but I've, I've also had to really manage that from a from a health capacity and a mental health capacity where, Look, I hear people are sitting down, you know, from seven till six in front of a yeah. computer. I just, as I get older, I'm just going, that's mad. It's, 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 it, you're not effective and it's not, it doesn't work. You need to find ways. And I don't think you can. How do you do that though? How do you break that? Do you go and play a drum? What do you do? I've, I go to the, I've started up a sport. It's called disc golf. Disc golf. So, okay. and there's a local park. So it's just down the road from me. So we need to get these discs like the frisbees and it's it's just like golf you fling them into these you get you know it's a par three or whatever and you just fling them into these nets. right but what it does is it makes you walk around the park Mm. i'm really bad at just saying i'm going for a walk if i've got no purpose i I find it hard to go but if i've got a purpose and i'm playing disc golf so so what i'm doing is i'm breaking up my day um an hour half an hour i'm just going Mm -hmm. going to the the park just and, and just having a whether it's in the afternoon, you've got to work your calendar around to, to suit. Do you have other hobbies? Do you have a pet? What, what, what's the situation? Yeah, so my wife and Mary have got two boys. So I've got a, a 13-year-old and a 10-year-old. My 13-year-old is obsessed with skateboarding. Like, absolutely. A lot of bruises or no? Look, He's pretty good. I always find it funny. When he was younger, if he got a bruise or a cut, it was like the biggest thing in the world. Like, it would be high volume screaming it was really really bad scenario and now he's doing a hobby where the hobby is pretty much hurt. skateboarding is just hurting yourself it's just and but yeah so now every day he's got grazes and stuff all over him but but look the thing that i'm i'm so proud of is like it's it's weird because you know I, i'd obviously would have said oh mate get him to play drums or do music but you can't tell your kids <laughs> uh mm. they find their own way and he, he's found this by himself and he's just gotten really really good at it like and um and it's just, it's again, it's that thing that shows you if you, if you practice and do something, you, you can. And that, now, now it's part of Olympic. Yeah, we all sat there as a family <laughs> watching the Olympic. And he'd, he'd sit there and go, oh, yeah, that's a good trick. Or he'd say, oh, no, you know, like, go, oh, yeah, I know that person. I met that person down at the, you know, so yeah, it's, it's been really fun. So yeah, so look, that's my, that's my, my kids and, and my son, Dylan, he's just turned 10. He had a COVID birthday party. Um, my wife had to make all these cupcakes and then, deliver them around to these friends places and then they did a video meeting so because i didn't know there's a thing yeah <laughs> COVID birthday and party. Look, the hard 
that 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 conversation I was having with my son, where he was saying, "Oh, look, you know, it's a once in a hundred year thing where you know I'm not going to school. I've done most of the year seven, not going to school." Uh, right. It has. I've seen some impacts on my youngest as well, and the part mm. that's the part I've got to understand. We we understand setting our own things in place, but it it has a totally different effect on the younger younger kids you think about when you're a little kid and how you look at the world and so the social life i guess mm. changed completely so yeah i've had to work with him but look he's, he's good they they pretty much just get on headsets and um on right. their xboxes with each other in their spare time and and sit and laugh yeah. and talk that's different from the days of when we were growing up and they didn't exist but mm. but yeah so it's certainly a, a different world now and then we okay. animals while look we've got a a cat a big fat black cat Seven seven thousand. I call him the seven thousand dollar cat, and I don't really like him that much. He got bitten. Got bitten by a, a brown snake oh, two years ago, and I remember I was out somewhere and I got a phone call from wife and she was crying. She said, "I'm at the vet. Buddy's not right. There's something wrong. They're gonna they're gonna have to give him an antivim. We think he's been bitten by a brown snake." And she's going, "I don't. I'm gonna have to have to do it." And she said, "It's gonna cost three grand." I went, "Oh my god! It's like really." <laughs> And then uh, that expensive. Yeah, it was, uh, and then as it went on, you had to have a second shot. You had to be kept in. So it was seven thousand. So we had to just get a, a short term loan just. To, so I look at that cat and say seven thousand dollars, and you were. So that's what we've got the seven thousand dollar cat. And now we've got a COVID puppy as well. So kids in there are really happy. It's a cavoodle, so it's a, a cute little puppy. Mm. It loves to. You, I'm surprised. Usually when I'm on a video meeting. It barks its head off and then it stops. So it's it senses it must have not realized that I'm on a video meeting at the moment. So Yeah, you maybe you got your headphones yeah, and hear my right, voice. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, the other thing was do you read books? I I'm, I know you listen to music. Do you watch any type of series or movies that you follow or look I yeah, look I I used to I used to read. And I've sort of stopped a bit, which is not good because I'm usually just going to bed and I'm tired. <laughs> I just I used to read. Right. I used to love um the fantasy sort of the magician and all that sort of stuff in those books. And then mm. I remember getting onto Audible and and that sort of thing where I I'd just I thought wow you can listen to books and because I used to travel so much for work I used to um just listen to audiobooks as I was driving they're great. Yeah. Sometimes you'd be in your car and you just listen to this full on book and then you go. I remember when I was in retail, I'd go, I've just listened to this most full-on thing in a book, and now I've got to walk into this hardware store and <laughs> be fresh. And, <laughs> and I was actually affected by the book. Uh, and then, look, more recently, I, the podcast thing I, I like. I like the podcast cool. uh, when I'm traveling. And I've got so many different things, but I, I'm an absolute sports nut. I love every sport, yeah. pretty much. So Every sport. I'm, I'm a very, very big rugby league fan, but I'll follow American football, ice hockey, basketball, uh, English Premier League. I, I follow it all pretty closely and love it. So it's actually funny. Before COVID, I would only watch sports shows pretty much. So, so my wife used to have that have girlfriends over. She'd watch shows. They'd have a night and watch mm. uh, Game of Thrones and do it that way. And I'd be there just watching my sports shows instead. But for some reason, when COVID started, I just started. I've started watching Netflix and stuff and. Now I've got all my shows that I'm obsessed with that I've got to watch every night and episode. And what what's what is it? What give give us a couple of examples that you're following now? Um, the one I'm watching particular most is Queen of the South. Um, yeah. And for some reason, I've I've discovered I've got this thing about South American cartel gangster. You love it. I can't get enough of it. <laughs> 
that's, that's well if you like that there's so many shows on netflix <laughs> about that yeah. i know and i've watched from narcos to da, 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 i loved so narcos and narcos got me there i think so i did narcos and then i did yeah. the, the other ones after that but but yes yeah, so i breaking bad did you watch breaking i haven't bad? i've been told breaking bad is the best show ever and i haven't done it you gotta watch that. i think that you will yeah one it. of my good mates has told me that multiple times but it's funny usually i've, I've got one that i'm in and there's only a small window once i finish that once i pick a new one then i'm in for that next one for a really long period of time too but mm, okay well that's cool that's cool what else um do you have any favorite product or color I don't know. I, I don't know if I look at it. Yeah. What's your color? What's your favorite color in life in general? Probably. Most people say blue. Yeah, I think I'm a green. <laughs> I'm sort of a green. Okay. But, a, I've, got a, I've got a silly story actually on this. When I was in retail, I was at, at they were doing, they used to do things called ladies' nights. And, uh, and I was at Mitre 10 Leeton. So it's out western New South Wales, out mm-hmm. in the country. So, so they've got all these suppliers. That the, the women of, of Leighton would come into the hardware store and they, they could get to go to the suppliers and have a chat to each of the suppliers. Yeah. So I used to, and I used to love my country. I still love the country towns. God, I, I love going to that. And you mm. meet the hardware store owners and, you know, they, they treat you like family and you end up having dinner with them. And yeah. even those ones where you end up, they invite you to stay at the house when you're traveling, which is, is amazing. But, um, but mm. yeah, so this particular one, I had a lace line, I said, you know what I'm going to do? Because I remember there was a, a thing called the Psychology of Color that just come out. So I said, oh, yeah. I'm going to set up a table and I'm going to get these ladies from Leeton to come down and tell me what they've painted their lounge room in. And then I'm going to tell them what the psychology of that means. So, it was, so here's me, a totally, just a Dulux rep, <laughs> trying yeah. to talk of the psychology of color to, you know, saying, because you've got green, you've got the green there because that's calming and cooling. And then if you've got red, red's in there because that makes you hungry. And if you've got yellow, you've got to be careful because that's a bit distracting, you know. So it was, um, mm. I look back on that and smile, imagine myself sitting there trying. And you know what? They were awfully engaged. I had a queue of ladies sitting there and we were talking about what their color meant. Making a story. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, look, I'd probably say great. I think there was a, um, I think there was a color called Adam and I think it was green. So I'm, I'm, Adam, I think there really? might be a color know. called Adam and I think it was green as well. Wow, there you go. <laughs> well, lastly, I might just throw a few words at you. You just tell me what the first thing comes to your mind. Is that okay? Yeah, sure. And then we'll finish. Holidays. Early beach. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Meditation. Breathing. Okay. Vegemite. Toast. Do you like I it? I love it. Great. It's funny, my oldest loves it, my youngest doesn't eat it. I'm trying to get okay. him. I'm trying to get him. <laughs> negotiation. Look, yeah, my, my take on negotiation is is listening, active listening, absolutely. Video games? Yeah, I'm a gamer. I um, I can see from your headset actually. <laughs> I, I picked that up. I got exactly the same yeah. one. So I um, a part of my weeknights is I've got different nights with. So Friday, Sunday nights I drive Formula One with about seven mates. And video mm. games, and then I've I've got a FIFA night and an NFL night. So we it's it's actually been a really good way. You know, we're all got kids and we're all in, in our forties. And I have seen a few of my mates, you know, in their forties go through a bit of depression and stuff as well. So it's a great way for us all to keep together and just have downtime without Absolutely. going out. You know? So yeah, it's been good. Cooking? Yeah, I love cooking. I'm um, Sunday night is my 
gourmet, uh, gourmet night, I call it, um, where I get my recipe and I, I spend the afternoon get ready and then I serve, serve up my specialty dish. I absolutely. I, specialty dish. I, Do you have a specialty dish? Look, I've been, I've been doing lots. Of, I got an air fryer and, and I've been doing everything I can in the air fryer. Um, absolutely love it. Mm. It's, it's really good. But yeah, like I just think I like I did creamy lemon chicken the other week and then we do, uh, you know, yeah, just different roasts and different yeah, stuff. Yeah, okay. It's fun. All good. Living on Mars. You talk about computer games. I played a game where you've got to establish a settlement on Mars. So I have a good insight yeah. into developing a settlement on Mars. So, <laughs> so if they need me, I'm ready. What do you think is possible? Look, from, from the perspective of what I was managing this game, if you could set up artificial climate, it's possible. But yeah, it's, it's, um... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, innovation. Yeah, look, uh, without innovation, there's no, there's no growth. That, that's innovation and growth. Mm. Uh, and uh, that's, I think that's in... We were talking before about you know, what advice you'd give to other people is innovation within yourself is, is, is yeah. growing and then learning and being open, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Leader, a leader again. I, I I look at the leaders that I've worked with, and the thing that stands out the the most is that they listen to what I say, and that gives me when when they listen to me, when they tell me something, you, you you're listening back with the greatest of respect because it, it, mm. it's the the small amount of times I've come across certain leaders where you can see that you're talking to them and they're not listening. You can just tell. Um, but there's one mm. percent of that. But yeah, look, leader, leader, and um, certainly a good listener, good listener, absolutely, and has a, I guess, good level of compassion. Yeah, yeah. To actually, actually listen. Because some people listen, actually, but they don't care too. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. What about competitor? Look, the competitor side. Yeah, look, I've got a strong, loving sports. I'm, I'm certainly a competitor, and I, I say the way I do my job. I've certainly I've got a part in which I don't let on to, to my customers, but I'll, if I can get my competitor, I'll, I'll get them um, mm. to win. I'll certainly, certainly. Do you think, do you think having a competitor is good too? Sorry. Do you think it's good? Yeah, I think it does. I think it drives you, gives you purpose. Um, mm. Look, it's a weird one because there's different ways you could look at it, but it, look, it's certainly, if I've got a competitor and I, I could think one right in my brain, watch now, but I better not say that once where I get set up, I, I, I want to take them. Look, I like to win. Absolutely, I think I think the mm. competitor part's the uh, byproduct of of winning. <laughs> maybe, that's maybe it. that's what it is. That's it. Um, well, to be honest, I had so many other questions, but is there anything that I missed, Adam, that you wanted to share? No, not at all. I I, I think it's um. I've never done a podcast on my. Oh, this is your life, so it's, I found it very interesting. I wasn't sure. When you mentioned it, what it was going to be like, but you know what? It was actually kind of it was good. You know, have a have a think about an evaluation of where you're at, what what you've done. <laughs> Hopefully, people get to know who you are a bit more, not only from your work aspect, but outside work. You know, maybe people like to listen to your music. Maybe want to hang out with you on playing some game. Who knows? <laughs> Come and have a listen to your gigs in Canberra. And yeah, I think I, I like to share the stories of people and I think it's a good opportunity um, to do that for sure. Thanks a lot for your time, Adam. I'm hoping that everyone else enjoyed listening to this. I hope you enjoyed this episode. See you next time. Mm -hmm.